everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. K-drama discussion today, I wanted to try something a little bit different and hopefully going forward I'll have a few more episodes like this that delve into not just a specific episode um, but maybe just other K-drama related things um, or tropes or whatever, who knows, I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Um, So for today, because it is my welcome back episode and number 50, no wait, number 51, right? Yeah, sorry, I forgot. Um, (laughs) I wanted to talk about The second lead syndrome. I nearly said second male lead because mainly I'm talking about second male leads, but I do have a couple of second female leads in the list as well. So I kind of wanted to take you guys on (laughs) a journey of heartbreak. (laughs) Look, anyone who has shipped the wrong pointy end of a love triangle will understand what I'm talking about when I talk about emotional pain, deep pain on a deep level that is very, very upsetting to your soul and your heart. Um, So there you go. Um, This is the episode where I get very melodramatic and um, over the top emotional about some fictional dudes in some stories that I watched once. (laughs) So basically what I'm going to do is take you through kind of, I guess, my progression in 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 completely fucking up and choosing the wrong second, like choosing the second lead instead of the main one. And then um, hopefully I'm going to cover some dramas I haven't talked about on the show before. I'm certainly covering some that I have talked about, uh, but hopefully I'm introducing some new ones as well um, that maybe you've watched, maybe you haven't watched. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going to kind of go through them in date order in the date that these dramas came out. It might not necessarily be the order that I watch them in, but I can't really remember which order I watch them in anyway, so I don't think that that really even matters. All right, so let's get into this weird experiment and see how it goes. (laughs) So my very, very first time ever falling in love with the second male lead instead of the main male lead um, was also my first ever Saguk drama. So a Joseon set historical drama. And it was, let's see if I can pronounce this, Sung Kwan Scandal. Now in English, it says Sung Kwan Scandal. And when I look at the Hangul uh, and sound that out, it says Song Kwan. Song 
Gun Guan. <laughs> Sorry, guys, my pronunciation is awful. But clearly it sounds very different from how I would sound it out in English. Anyway, I feel like you guys all know what I'm talking about. This is a 20-episode Joseon set um, historical, so a saguk, that came out in 2010. It stars uh, Park Min Young, who is lovely. Uh, it's a really early breakout role for Song Joong Ki, who is obviously super famous now. And it also stars You Are In, who is the second male lead in this. I'll also mention it does star Park Yoo Chan, who is, you know, uh, scandal ridden these days. And I'm not going to talk about that. You can look it up if you are interested, but also probably don't bother because it's the Anyway. Um, so this was my very first time ever watching a Sagok and I remember feeling very confused. Like I didn't really know much about Korean history um, and particularly, you know, I didn't know anything about, you know, the way the Joseon period looked, the kind of clothes that people wore, um, anything about it, you know. And I remember being very kind of like, if I'm honest weirded out by the hats that all the dudes wear. So the black horsehair, um, wide-brimmed gats that they wear with the beads hanging down. Um, I thought they were just different looking, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but I didn't like them and I didn't think that the dudes looked like super nice in them, um, which is interesting. Like, I guess it's that thing when you come across something for the very first time and you haven't been exposed to something different, um, quite often, you know, your first reaction can be like, ugh, like that's weird. Um, I love them now. I think they look super handsome. I love gats. I love hanboks, like the whole period dress that either all the dudes wear like when they're being you know scholars or noblemen or whatever and you know walking around in shiny pink silks and and a gat I think it looks fucking awesome so it's just interesting how much um your taste can change and also how much you probably shouldn't listen to yourself when you have reactions the very first time you see something or come across something or exposed to something because you might just be reacting that way because it's new um I think that's such a a terrible attribute of human beings <laughs> that we tend to react negatively to new things instead of, you know, saving judgment until we've tried something for a little while first. Um, anyway, that was a big tangent in a very different direction to what I meant this to go in. Um, but it does get me thinking when I look back to how I felt about this stuff back then and now, you know, I'm obsessed with Korean history and I love all the clothes that they wear in this drama and, and in all the dramas. It's yeah, it's just a very interesting transformation, I suppose. So anyway, um, Song Gyungwan Scandal is a really good drama. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, I didn't watch it when it aired. I don't believe. Um, I would have started watching K-drama around then though, I think. Wow. Um, and it's, you know, it's a very, very famous uh, drama. So it's one of those ones that everyone's like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. So I remember seeing it um, around a lot. And so eventually I gave it a try. Um, so the drama is basically about Park Min Young's character, who is a woman who dresses like a man and eventually ends up being admitted as a man to, you know, one of Korea's oldest, most prestigious universities that still exists today, which is amazing, um, to Song Kyung-kwan University. And while she's there, she meets, you know, um, a, a very smart, 
scholar dude played by Park Yu-chan um, and begins to fall in love with him. And he begins to fall in love with her, not realizing that she's a woman. So he feels unbelievably confused about the fact that he is very attracted to, but also falling deeply in love with the personality of, you know, one of his colleagues <laughs> or his student buddies at uni. Um, so very confusing times for him. The romance is really nice, but I have to say, and again, You'll notice that this comes down to my personal taste, as I've mentioned. If you are a listener who has listened to other podcast episodes, um, you will totally get why I fell in love um, instead of with Park Yu-chan's, you know, upstanding, moral, smart, intelligent scholar character. I fell in love with the rebellious, uh, you know, hidden identity, cool warrior guy who walks around with a lot of flowing hair on his head um, because apparently I like that sort of thing. So this was the first drama that I ever saw you are in, in, um, and I fell in love with his character, like on an unbelievable level. I loved him. So he's like, you know, the silent, cool warrior type. He realizes that Park Min Young's character is a woman fairly early on and starts, you know, going out of his way to help her and protect her all without her ever knowing that he knows her secret or is helping her. Um, and she just fundamentally changes who he is. Um, and he, you know, begins living his life, um, for her a little bit, I guess. Um, I found it very, very moving. And I really just like, I adored him. And I'm also trying to think back if when I watched this, if I knew about male leads and second male leads, um, you know, it's one of the, it's something that's so obvious to K-drama viewers um, or maybe even just, you know, general Asian drama viewers, like certainly Chinese dramas have a lot of the same formulas. Um, you know, that idea that there will be a male lead and there will be a second male lead and there will be a love triangle, but the second male lead will not prevail. Like it's so obvious you don't need to say it. But back when you first start watching dramas and you don't know the formulas yet and you're not used to it and you don't know, say, the actors themselves well enough to know who is a bigger actor and, of course, is playing the male lead, um, you know, it can be very confusing because I think the dramas are really great at teasing the possibility of the female lead's, you know, feelings changing and moving towards someone else. Um, and they're great at teasing that. Like it really strings you along um, on a really intense level. And it did in this drama for me. I'm sure if I watched it now after so many years of learning about K-drama tropes and framework and story beats, I probably wouldn't be so fooled into thinking that Park Min Young was going to change her mind and fall in love with you in just like I had. Um, but I remember being utterly devastated, like by this unrequited love that you are in's character has, um, just completely devastated. Um, and I loved you in after watching this so much that I tried to watch, I think his next drama must've been fashion King that he was starring in, which it's a bad drama. It's not a good drama. It's a terrible drama. And I'm pretty sure I really struggled through quite a lot of it until it kind of killed me. And yeah. And then he, he's, you know, you are in is one of those actors that he's in movies and dramas, but he's an actor actor. Like he's not a, just a, I want to say, you know, entertainment icon or beloved figure or what, like he's a serious actor. So he doesn't always pick projects that, I mean, Fashion King was obviously, bleh, but 
I guess he doesn't always pick things that are generally going to obviously just be a light fluffy hit that will make him into, you know, a super popular idol actor or something like that. Um, so he's had a really interesting career. Um, but I think as a drama viewer who just wanted to probably see him play a romantic male lead, you know, he was picking maybe more complicated things than that. So I didn't really watch him in anything again for a very long time until um, 2019 when I saw Chicago Typewriter finally. And, you know, he He's such a good actor. He's really, really amazing. Um, he's got quite a few movies that I really want to check out. Anyway, that was my very first experience of realizing that loving a second male lead can actually destroy your life. Like it was a very, very, very emotional experience for me um, and very sad, <laughs> but also it's a really good drama or my memory of it is that it's a really good drama, but I guess I haven't seen it for like 10 years. So I guess that's all I'll say about You Are In and my very first um, broken heart because of a second male lead in Sungyong Kwan Scandal. Next up in the drama timeline, but I'm pretty positive it wasn't the next drama that I actually watched at the time, um, but this drama is Belle Ami, or also known as Pretty Boy. <laughs> so Belle Ami came out in 2013, at the end of 2013, and is a 16 episode pure fluff rom-com. It's also completely bonkers, like it's insane. I you know, the, as a second male lead syndrome moment, this one wasn't as intense as the you are in stuff, but it's still, it's still worth mentioning, I think, <laughs> on my journey. <laughs> um, so this drama starred um, Jungun Sook, who I don't think I've talked about on the podcast, but he was particularly very, very famous when I first started watching dramas. And I think he still is, but he's picked a few kind of more duddy ones. But basically he was in the drama, You're Beautiful. And, you know, he's a bit of, um, I'm not sure if he's actually a pop star, but he does a lot of singing and entertainment stuff. Um I loved him, particularly in a drama called Marry Me Mary with, um, oh man, I've forgotten her name, Moon, Moon Gunwon? Eh, I forgot. Anyway, um, Marry Me Mary, which is an older kind of creaky rom-com, fluffy romance. And for some reason, I adored it. Like I loved it. So I loved him from that. So it was really interesting. I mean, I basically watched um, Bella Me because it starred Jung Gun Suk, who I was just, I had loved so much in his previous drama. And it also stars IU, um, of course, who's been in uh, Hotel de Luna and Scarlet Heart and a million other dramas. Um, but I was watching are you in this coming off the back of one of my favorite dramas and my very first ever drama, Dream High, in which she plays um, one of the ensemble cast. So I really loved her. So it was really interesting for me. I went into this drama absolutely loving Jung Gun Suk as a male lead and IU as a female lead and watched the whole thing kind of hated the show, but I was at that stage in my drama watching life when I just watch shows to the end, no matter what. I don't do that anymore because <laughs> it was a very stressful um, experience sometimes. <laughs> um, and IU basically spends the entire drama fawning over and running after Jung Gun Suk and being obsessed with him while he is a big, arrogant, dickhead jerk that I 
hated. And of course, there's Mr. Second lead male nice guy. <laughs> I said that wrong. Mr. Nice Guy's second male lead. That's what I was trying to say. Um, who is played by the actor uh, Lee Jung-woo, who isn't in much other stuff. He's so good in this. He's just really sweet. He's completely weird and charming and quirky. And IU's character in this is really bonkers and weird too. So I was just like, for a healthy, happy relationship, she needed to get with the second male lead um, played by Lee Jung-woo. She needed to so badly and she did not. And the whole thing was a hot mess. And I'm pretty sure it was about a sock factory or something. And I can't even remember. And it was terrible. So I definitely... Don't suggest that you watch Bellamy, Pretty Boy. Um, and like in terms of the second male lead, like obsession, like it was pretty low. I, I did really, really, really hope that IU's character would basically give the finger to Jung Sook and run off with the second male lead, though. I think that would have made me really, really happy. But I didn't, you know, have that intense emotional reaction in the same way that I did um, for You Are In in Sung Kwan Scandal. So that's all I'll say about Bellamy. So this brings me <laughs> to the Reply series. So I'm going to start with Reply 1994, which came out in 2013. This is a 21 episode. I don't, uh, it's a, like, I guess I'd just describe it as a drama, as a coming of age drama. It is amazing and also the most infuriating thing that I ever watched in my life. So basically the writer of this show and the director have a very particular style and they brought out three different dramas in the Reply series. And now um, in, I think, 2018 and then also 2020 did um, Prison Playbook. And now um, in 2020, Hospital hospital Playlist. <laughs> I'm getting confused. Um, the style of these shows is so strong. You know, it's, it's like when someone has an aesthetic or they have a style and it carries through into every project, you know, I've come across so many writers of novels that are like this, that they have something about them that no matter what they try, even if it's a slightly different genre or a different story, the feel of the project is the same. Um, I have huge amount of respect for, for these creators and the work that they've done with these reply series and now particularly seeing them try their hand, um, you know, at the same kind of approach and feel and aesthetic and style and emotional shit, like, but for adult stories, stories about adults. Um, obviously, adults feature in the reply series heavily, but the main characters are always these, you know, bunch of kids um, in the 80s or the 90s or whatever. And then we skip forward and we get to have a lovely guess about who the female lead chose to be her husband. So for the very first reply drama, I loved it all. It was great. It was pretty obvious who, like you, you had a few scary moments where you thought she picked like the shit guy instead of the good one. Um, but Reply 1994 was a whole different experience. Um, so this was the next time 
in my timeline of watching dramas that I experienced like complete devastation and heartbreak because of a second male lead. Like it was an extreme experience. And I think by this point, I'd been watching dramas long enough to really understand the the framework. You know, I knew who was... Um, you know, I knew who was the main male lead going into a drama. I knew who was going to end up with the girl. I knew who was the second male lead. And I kind of, I remember, particularly when I read reviews that I wrote back then, um, I really prided myself back then on always specifically liking the male male the main male lead because I knew he would end up with the girl and I didn't want to be upset like I did over you are in like ever again. <laughs> so I, it was like I was really turning my, my, I guess, feelings towards the one that I knew would win. And then Reply 1994 came along and just completely threw everything out of the water. One thing is that the main male lead in this drama, played by an actor called Jung Woo, who is literally called Trash, Sereki or Sereki throughout the drama um, is the biggest dickhead of a main male lead ever and not in the like the arrogant too good for you but then turns around turns his life around for the woman and changes into a better person kind of way like he literally is Sereki like he's there I hate him I hate his guts like I literally want to punch this guy in the throat I hate him so much Blech. even thinking about him now after so many years I have a very extreme reaction so the main female lead is played by the actress Goara. Um, I don't know if I love Goara, but that is not the point of this discussion. The second male lead is played by Yu Yeon-suk. And if you've been listening to me <laughs> lately or over the last few months, um, yeah, big resurgence in Yu Yeon-suk love recently. But interestingly enough, you know, way back when this came out, um, this was my first Yu Yeon-suk drama. Um, he had been in other stuff, like in really much smaller roles. So I think this was his big breakout moment. Um, and this drama was so intense. Like I should have known straight away, like the, the writers of this show are so good at teasing you into thinking that the female lead Goara is going to change her mind. Like she's completely fixated on this complete piece of trash, Seregi dude, like from the very beginning of the show. She only really loves him, but you really, really feel like at any moment she's going to change her mind and realize how fucking amazing Yu Yon Sook's character, Tilbong, is. Um, but in hindsight, when I look at this formula, you know, you've got your female lead who's, you know, the quirky kind of um, crazy type. And then you've got your complete dickhead of a male lead who's, you know, a bit arrogant, a bit manipulative, a bit, I've just hated him. And then you've got Mr. Nice Guy, second male lead, who's just nice all the time. He's charming. He's smiley. He's kind. He's thoughtful. He's sensitive. And he's completely in love with her. And she doesn't return his feelings. So you know, it's pretty obvious. It's actually a pretty straightforward setup when you think of that love triangle. It's just that the writers then fooled us into making the watchers feel like they might twist things up. Like they knew they'd set up, you know, a really normal drama, but they might twist it around. Of course, they don't twist it around. And like, man, this, this show really killed me. Like it killed me. Um, I was so upset and sad, um, to the point where I wasn't sure I, I wanted to watch the next reply drama that was going to come out. <laughs> of course I did. Um, but that's, 
that's a different story. But basically, I'll tell you right now, it's basically the same story. Oh my gosh, I just recorded my whole thing on Reply 1988, which was the next drama on my list, which came out in 2015, and it fucking wiped. I'm so upset. Oh my gosh. Oh well, I have to do it again. <clears throat> so, this is Reply 1988. This drama came out in 2015 and is a 20-episode drama. Again, it's by the same director and writer and it has the same feel. It has this real emotional slice of life feeling that is beautiful. And I think, you know, it's very orientated around you know, it's, it's set in the 80s and 90s and around the youth of Korea at the time. And I think, you know, it must be such a crazy experience for um, people who grew up in Korea during that time to watch this. But I think also, even if you're from somewhere completely different, you can recognize the emotions. There's so much truth in this show. Um, it, it's quite beautiful in those small slice of life moments, I think, for sure. Um, I feel like I probably liked this show, I think, more than Reply 1994, just because in 1988, the female lead is, you know, obviously kind of as a watcher, you don't know which of the two male leads she's going to pick. But at the same time, they're both really nice people. Um, and they're both good people that you feel that if she did pick either of them, even though like I particularly liked one more than the other, but it wouldn't have mattered. Like she would still live a good, happy life and have a healthy, positive relationship. Whilst in Reply 1994, you've basically got a female lead picking between a manipulative, raging lunatic who's a mean, horrible blurg of a man and the sweetest, most handsome, nicest, loveliest man on the planet and you're supposed to buy that she picks the douchebag um but in reply 1988 i guess you know as much as i picked someone and and that ship sank like it's a very good love triangle like you really cannot figure out who is going to end up with a female lead and you feel like she has emotions that go both ways. I do think because of the framework of these reply shows that is very much built around who's her husband, who did she pick? And obviously, you know, the writers don't want you to know who she picks till the very end of the show. So for that reason, I think that the show does suffer a little bit in that you don't really get to see inside the female lead's head, played by Harry. Um, Harry, which uh, looks much better written down in English than when I say it aloud when it sounds like Harry. <laughs> oh no. Um, so you don't get to really see inside the heroine's head to understand as her feelings shift and grow and change. And I think maybe for me anyway, the show would have been stronger if I could have seen her feelings for Park Bo Gum really, um, you know, I guess evolve and develop whilst at the very beginning of the show, you see very clearly that she likes um, the other male lead, Rue Jun Yol. So you know that she likes him. Um, by the way, he's the one that I loved. Rue Jun Yol um, was, this is the first drama I've ever seen him in. And I just thought he was fantastic in it. And I loved his character so much. He's a little bit more brusque and standoffish. And I guess, yeah, less sensitive than the other guy who's played by Park Bo Gum who is, of course, very, very famous now, and this was his big breakout role. Um, overall, I really, really enjoyed this drama, but I did get a complete 
broken heart at the end. There's also, I think the drama really teases you into truly believing that it could go either way. So you really hold on to your hope, even as your ship is sinking, um, which is what happened to me. <laughs> um, there's a scene towards the end where my favorite character, Rue Junyol, um, you know, he just confesses at a table, you know, they're all out to dinner, him and all his friends, and he confesses to Harry's character. Um, and it's the most heartfelt moving romantic confession he just says it like it is and it's like it's epic you know it's not just a crush like he is in love with her and he says it and everyone at the table is like whoa and then he just laughs it off and takes it back and acts like it's a joke and walks away and everyone at the table thinks you know oh that's so funny like it's a joke but as a you know as a watcher you know it's not you know he just poured his heart out and it's just the most painful thing to watch ever um it killed me like really killed me um and then you know he's sitting in his car later in the rain like just sobbing his heart out because he knows it's never going to happen and he spent years and years of his life in love with this girl um so I feel like you really get inside his head you really understand how much you know he's how strong his feelings are, but I didn't really get that from her side um, in the same way, I guess. And that was probably my only real downfall with the drama, as well as the fact that, you know, my ship sank, fucking sank. <laughs> I still really like Park Bogum's character. You know, he's very sweet and kind and nice, and he really experiences the world in a different way than a lot of the people around him. Um, and you feel quite protective towards him. He's very lovely. Um, so you do get why Harry loves him in the end and picks him. Like, it does make sense. But also, that wasn't my ship, so I felt I felt bitter about it. <laughs> so that's all I'll say on my second recording about Reply 1988. Um, and I'll definitely say, despite the heartbreak that the Reply series has given me twice over, um, they're good dramas to watch. Um, although I'd probably suggest watching Reply 1988 rather than Reply 1994, unless, you know, you just want to watch it to look at Yu Yeon Suk's face and love him, but also be murdered by the experience of loving him. If if that's your thing, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is. All right. So this next drama is a little bit of a cheat drama because it's almost it's sort of a second male lead, but I thought I'd talk about it just because I haven't talked about this drama on the podcast before. And it's nice to talk about um, different dramas in case people need suggestions on other things to try. So this drama is called Angry Mum. It's a 16 episode wacky drama comedy, I think I'd say. And it came out in 2015. It is so much fun, this show. And realistically, it probably doesn't quite fit in this category. It was more like a standout performance by a other male character in the drama. Like it's kind of a second male lead, sort of, but also you wouldn't have wanted him to win in the love triangle. I think that's the difference. He definitely is a second male lead. There is a love triangle, um, but you wouldn't have actually voted for him to win. 
So the drama stars uh, the actress Kim Hee-son. Um, so Kim Hee-son is, I want to say she's an older generation actress. So she was in dramas in, I think, even the 90s and 2000s. Um, she is stunningly beautiful. I really like her. She also stars in Faith, the, the Korean drama, um, historical period Korean drama with Lee Min-ho, um, which is a fantastic drama, by the way. Um, so she's really good in this and the main male lead, except not really, because I feel like he got shafted and barely ended up doing anything. And also there isn't really any romance in this drama. So yeah, I really loved it. Even though now I'm thinking about it, there really isn't any romance really. Um, but anyway, play the main male lead who's sort of, but not really is, um, played by Ji Hyun Woo, who of course is from Queen and Hyun's Man and a lot of other dramas. Um, this one was really, really fun. It's a bonkers premise, but it works. Um, so Kim Hee Son's character, basically, um, her daughter played by Kim Yoo Jung, uh, is getting severely bullied at school and ends up you know, all this shit happens and she ends up in hospital and she can't speak. And basically Kim Hee-son is like, fuck this. I'm going to go solve this problem. If the school's going to let this happen, I'm going to go resolve it because no one's helping me. She, you know, she lives with her husband and her mother-in-law and I think her husband's a dick or something. I can't really remember, but basically he's not in the show and she doesn't give a shit about him and he doesn't give a shit about her, which all very weird. But anyway, um, so she ends up like, this is the bonkers part, right? She ends up dressing up in a school uniform and enrolling herself as a student in the high school. Now, I'm not sure how old Kim Hee-son was when she played this role, but I don't know if she was pushing late 30s or was older than that. I mean, fuck, she looks beautiful. And somehow she kind of pulls it off. Like you watching her be a student in high school, it's bonkers, but it's good. Um, it's actually very funny. So particularly when she first turns up. Um, so I think for me, the second male lead, lead syndrome that happened in this drama was Jisoo. So this is Jisoo's absolute breakout role. It was when people started, you know, really paying attention to him and he's so good in this. So he plays a bully at the school and basically someone who has been terrorizing Kim Hee-son's character's daughter and he is so scary when they first introduce him he's like a fucking terrifying thug like you would not want to meet this guy in a dark alley you feel like he would literally like slice you open he's very very scary and then when Kim Hee-son's character comes to school dressed as a student, um, she, you know, when he threatens her and starts trying to fight with her, she just basically bashes him up, like literally just physically fights him off, which is fucking ridiculous, but quite hilarious. And of course, he's completely just struck and is suddenly, you know, absolute puppy dog love for her. Like he, he just really, really loves her and he follows her around and he's trying to confess to her. And I don't know how the drama managed to really make it work, this progression of Jisoo's character from the scariest boy in the whole world who looks like he's going to cut you to being this lovesick, hilarious loon. Like he's so sweet and funny and really embarrassing. Like it's such a standout thing. So he was my, you know, I loved the main storyline. Um, it was actually a really good, fun, solid drama. Um, I loved Kim Hee-son in this. She's so good. 
But I didn't want her to end up with Jisoo because he's literally an 18-year-old student and she's, I don't know how old, but he's the same age as her daughter, if not maybe a little bit older. So, and you know, she's obviously, she has no feelings for him whatsoever. So you don't have to be weird about like, you know, teacher-student thing. Not that she's a teacher, but like still, I feel like it's inappropriate. So yeah, weird. Um, and also she's lying about her age to everybody. So she's hoodwinking them all. Um, but it's really, really good. I think it, it never kind of crosses the line into being weird territorial, like morally incorrect territory, if you want to say. Um, and I think the drama at the beginning is really pushing like a bit of a romance between Kim Hee-son and the teacher in the class, Ji Hyun Woo. Um, but then that really fizzles out because, you know, I guess she's married and also he's a teacher and he thinks that she's his students so like th that would be weird so I kind of was glad that they didn't really go there just because um I didn't want to feel squicky about anything and I think this show for all of its like completely ridiculous bonkers setup um is really good like it's really moving it's quite wacky and funny but then it gets very dark at times as well very emotional and by the time like Jisoo's character just wins you over and you know you really understand why he's this scary scary boy you understand the setup um you know his home life and the experiences that he's had and the fact that you know he's just a hoodlum who's been set adrift no one's taking care of him no one loves him or is looking after him and he's getting treated despicably by the people in his life um so it's very very moving so he really really captured my heart like massively in a hugely emotional way as a character and also like a breakout role for Jisoo but never in that like devastating crushed on the floor sniffling kind of way that you get when you really want that character's um um, unrequited love to work out for them you know like you are in and you and sook i badly wanted them to end up with the female lead and i wanted it because they wanted it so badly that i wanted them to get what they wanted whilst in this drama jisoo really wants it or his character really wants it but i'm like nah like i know what's better for you and that's not what's good for you what i wanted for him was for him to be adopted and have a family um that would take care of him forever and give him lots of hugs <laughs> so it was a really standout thing for me i think um him in this drama as a second male lead but not so much on the romance side of it, um, weirdly enough. So that's all I'll say on Angry Mum, which is a great drama if you haven't seen it. Of course, it is a little bit older now um, as I record this, five years old. Um, and sometimes when you do go back to those older dramas, they can be a little bit less shiny than the newer ones. So it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm not really sure. But I thought it was pretty great. <laughs> Hilariously, the next drama on my list um, also has Jisoo playing the second male lead and basically playing practically the exact same character. And also I felt the same way about it. And um, this one, though, I felt it from a romantic point of view and I so badly wanted him to, you know, get the female lead and have a lovely love story. Um, 
I forgot to mention what the drama is. <laughs> so the drama is called Sassy Go-Go, which is potentially the worst name for a drama ever. Um, and its English translation is also Cheer Up. I mean, I definitely watched it as Sassy Go-Go, but now I see it written a lot as Cheer Up, which, you know, sounds a lot less shit, I guess. And also, weirdly, it's written here, um, Daringly Go-Go. I'm pretty sure that's sounds crazy. Um, so anyway, this drama came out in 2015 and is a 12-episode, um, I want to say high school youth drama. Um, it also stars the actress Jung Eun-ji, who I love. Like, she's just not in enough stuff. I wish she was in dramas all the time. She is fantastic. She's an amazing singer. She's a, like, I think she's a, she's a K-pop person from is it A-Pink, I think? Um, she's just wonderful. She's got like a lovely raspy voice. So she's in Reply, I want to say 1990-some, the first one. She's in the first Reply drama um, as the main lead character and she's wonderful in that and she's wonderful in this. Um, I just wish she was in more stuff. So anyway, this drama takes place in a ridiculous high school where – there's like some rich students and some not rich students. And for some reason, they all have to be cheerleaders together. And I can't even fucking remember why or what was possibly the setup for that. Um, it's also a boarding school, which is always heaps of fun, like in dramas when everyone has to live together in dorms. Um, I'd say it's like it's got a pretty typical setup. It's like a, a hate to lovers kind of romance vibe, but it's a really typical sort of um, love triangle, I guess, I think. So the main male lead in this is played by the actor Lee Won-gun, um, who's perfectly nice in it. I just, you know, it was Jisoo was playing the second male lead. so And Jisoo's character is very similar to the one in Angry Mum, except that he's less terrifying and he doesn't bully people in quite the same terrifying way. Um, but he's, you know, he's a rich boy who gets treated awfully by his dad and basically is, you know, he's getting physically abused at home like he's getting bashed up all the time by his dad and the show for like a fluffy youth rom-com drama like it gets pretty dark there's a whole point where he tries to kill himself it's really really heartbreaking um so I have to say the first couple of episodes of this drama did not connect with me I didn't like it I was about I, I would just forced myself through the first two episodes and I was barely watching it I think it was on my phone or something I don't know why I just it wasn't working it felt very haphazard and confusing and dumb and then it just connected with me and I loved it I guess the emotions just kind of caught up with me somehow and I sunk really deep into it particularly you know the love triangle aspect I suppose um and Jisoo, you know, he falls in love with the main female lead and um, it's unrequited <laughs> and it's painful. Like, it's really painful. Um, I'm trying to, like, measure everything against, like, chill bongy level painful. Um, I think this was maybe not quite that painful, but this was the kind of drama where I felt quite crushed and I really had a lot of hope that she would pick him. I don't know why. It was pretty fucking obvious that <laughs> that she wasn't going to. The other guy's like, you know, he's a proper male lead. So that was very silly of me when I, I think about it now in hindsight. Um, but yeah, this drama was really good once I got into it. Um, I'd be interested what other people think, whether they also had the same issue with the start of the drama or not, or whether maybe it was just my love for Jisoo's, you know, sad, unrequited love character that, that got me interested and carried me through. I don't know. 
I really, really loved this show. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I think uh, the character played by Jisoo really left a big mark because I so badly wanted him to end up with a female lead. Um, so, yeah, I was quite crushed after this one. But also it's a fun, good drama. I also didn't like how it ended where Jisoo's just sort of like – you know he's still heartbroken and I think they just needed to finish the show. So he's just like, ah, it's all good now. And I'm like, whatever it is, <laughs> girl. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, Cheer Up or um, Sassy Go Go, <laughs> the 12-episode youth drama. From here on out, um, I feel like my list is going to start covering some very familiar territory. So basically, if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, I think you will have heard these ones before or heard me complain about them before <laughs> um, because these are two of them, at least, are big favorite shows of mine. So ones I talk about a lot and the other one, you know, this this one I'm about to talk about, Cheese in the Trap, is something I have spoken about on the podcast in the, in the past. So Cheese in the Trap is a 16-episode um, rom-com that has a very dark, non-rom-com-ish ending um, of desolation and bleakness, weirdly enough. And it came out in 2016. Um, I, you know, this was a massive hit when it came out. I avoided it for a long time, finally watched it, and then loved it. Like it, it was very addictive and immersive for me. Um, the main male lead is played by Park Hae-jin. He plays a sociopath, I guess. He's not, he's not a good dude. <laughs> he manipulates people and he can be cruel and he likes everyone to think that he's perfect and charming and he is not. So a very, very interesting start. Um, the female lead is played by Kim Goen, who is of course now very very famous she's a movie actress but she's also in whatever that goblin one is shining goblin shiny goblin whatever and also um the king eternal monarch um i really like kim goen i think she's really good uh and i really liked her in this show she's just constantly frazzled and like exhausted by her life and the men in her life <laughs> um so the second male lead is played by so kung joon and it was my first time seeing So Kung Jun in anything, and I fell in love. I loved his character. I loved him. Um, I watched heaps of his other shows, like other dramas, So Kung Jun's after this. Um, and I still always check out what he's in, but he's in a lot of crap, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> Not really a lot, I think, just some. Um, quite a few of his shows, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen just because I think the concept didn't really pull me in. Um, so I really like him as an actor, but I don't know if I like him quite enough to watch a show just because he's in it. Um, but I will try and check out or at least read the synopsis of everything he's in to see. Um, so I do really, really like him. Um, his character in this is just, you know, it's that, that whole thing that's to my taste that I've talked about a million times before um, and have talked about this exact character on the podcast before. But, you know, he's just, um, he's poor <laughs> and he wears cool clothes uh, and he's actually really nice. He's very blustery, but I think, you know, once he 
there's like just a friendship, I suppose, really blooms between him and Kim Goen's character at the start. And it's so straightforward that I think it's really nice in the context of the show, particularly because Kim Goen's relationship with Park Hae Jin's psychopath character is very complicated. And it's just like, for her, it's like walking through a minefield. So on the opposite end of the spectrum to have someone like So Kang Joon who, yeah, he's, you know, gets real blustery and real, you know, petty and stuff, but he's so straightforward. He just says things like they are, except for, you know, the unrequited love thing. And when the unrequited love thing starts to develop, it feels real. And that's what I really liked about it, I guess. So I loved his character so much and I was desperate for him to end up with Kim Go-un. Um, and of course, watching this drama, I was under no illusion that they might end up together. I knew for a fact that she was going to end up with Park Hae-jin because the whole point of this drama is this love line between, you know, this guy who is a little bit scary and um, Kim Go-un's character. So I knew it wasn't going to happen, but um, so I don't think I was really hoping for it, but I still felt really crushed by it. <laughs> I really did. And particularly because I really liked Kim Goen's character a lot. And I felt like she would be a lot happier in her life and healthier if she had picked So Kung Joon, if she had loved his character, I feel like she would have been a happier person. Um, so it was a very sad ending because I think you know, at least in these kind of love triangles, typically when the female lead picks the other guy, she picks him because she loves him and she'll be happy with him. So even though you feel like really heartbroken for, you know, the guy that you were shipping that you really loved, you can still feel happy for the female lead if you liked her enough that she gets to live a good life with the person that she loves. So you can be happy for her because it's what she wanted, even if it's not what you wanted. Whilst in this drama, I'm like, why does she, I wish she hadn't wanted that. Like, I think the drama does a good job of making you understand she's in a bit too deep to just back away. But I think she would have been a lot happier if she had. So anyway, yeah, I really loved him. I thought he was, he was great. He played the character Beck in home. Really, really cool. And a weirdly immersive, good drama considering, um, how, yeah, how how dark it kind of got at the end. <laughs> uh, or bleak. Bleak is the right word. Um, so that's it from me on the 16th episode. <laughs> I think they marketed it, it as a rom-com, but I'm not sure if that's what I'd call it exactly, even though, you know, the poster for it's pink and cute, but nah, not a rom-com. Um, so that's it from me on Cheese in the Trap. Next up is another very familiar drama for those of you who have been listening for a little while um, is Save Me, uh, also known as Rescue Me, um, which came out in 2017 and is about a religious cult group and a woman that a young woman who is basically indoctrined into it even though she doesn't want to, she's young enough that through her parents, she's sort of forced into this very scary little community. Um, I love this show. It's an OCN drama. I've talked about it at length, so I'll try not to go into it again. Every time I even start talking about it, I feel so passionate about this story. It's just so wonderful um, and deliciously dark and frightening um, and complicated. <laughs> complex. Complex is the right word there. So this drama is not really a romance drama. It doesn't really have romance. Um, 
But there is like almost a very typical, you know, female lead, male lead, second male lead kind of structure to the character types in the show anyway. And I think it does hint at romance. Um, weirdly enough, so so the main character, the main male lead is played by Tekion and he's, you know, very main male leady except that he's very kind he's a very nice person but you know he's that perfect guy you know he gets great marks at school he's really good at studying he's really good looking everyone loves him his dad's like a rich I don't know politician so he's very perfect um the second male lead is played by Udo Hwan and this is obviously his massive breakout role and he's one of my favorite actors now after following him around drama land for the last while since 2017 um, and he plays a character called Dong Cho. So Udo Hwan's character is you know a very typical second male lead like he's um, I guess well not the Mr. Nice Guy he's the typical male lead that gets that gets paired with you know the shining perfect male lead. Um, so yeah I guess there are really like particular sort of types you know um if you get the arrogant male lead then you get mr nice guy good guy second male lead but if you get like a really perfect perfect male lead then i guess you get the sort of more bad boy second male lead is that how it works i'm gonna have to go and study that now i wonder if you could write a thesis on something like that <laughs> if anyone would give you funding <laughs> definitely not um so yeah anyway uh, Udo Hwan's character, I don't want to say bad boy because he's not really, he's a dude in really shit circumstances and his circumstances are pretty dark. Like, you know, he only has his grandmother and they don't have a lot of money and he gets into fights and ends up in jail, but it's all for, for not bad boy reasons. It's for justice and doing the right thing, but then not being rich enough to be able to protect yourself afterwards from people who need a scapegoat who do have a lot of money and connections. So it's a real tragedy kind of thing, which obviously, you know, everything I just said is totally my kind of thing, I suppose. Um, but his whole role in the drama is very heartbreaking because he does the right thing all the time. He risks his life all the time to do the good thing. And I think for the first part of the drama or for a lot of the drama, they really set up like it's pretty obvious that he likes the female lead, um, Sungmi, played by the wonderful actress So Yeji, who I just love so much. Um, it's pretty obvious that he likes her. And I think they really show hints of her liking him back in the way that she talks to him, the way that she looks at him. It's all very subtle because, like I said, this is not a romance drama. So it's one of those dramas where there is all these emotional ties between people and you things get hinted at for sure. I think so in a very pointed way. And then I think at the end, there's a big about turn and then they just sort of pretend that that never happened, which was a real sore spot for me because I really did think, I didn't think there was going to be a big epic romance or anything, but I did actually think that Yeji, uh, So Yeji's character was going to end up with Udo Han's character. But anyway, I've talked about this a lot on the on the podcast before, so I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, but this is a wonderful drama. And in terms of second lead, male lead syndrome, like this one was a big one for me. Like it was huge, huge. Um, but I guess at the same time, it's not like one of those dramas where 
the romance is such a big part of it that the second male lead is so heartbroken and crushed at the end that you can't feel, you can't help but feel heartbroken and crushed too. I think in this one, um, because the romance takes such a backseat, it's barely in there. And at the end, it's more just about Sungmi and if she can get out of the cult or not. So in a lot of ways, it's this very happy ending. And even though it wasn't quite what I wanted, it's still satisfying. You know, you don't feel like Udo Hwan's character is lying on the floor crying every night. Um, like you do at the end of some of those reply series. <laughs> so yeah, a really, really good drama. Save me. And finally, last on my list of male leads or second male leads, I should say, that have completely crushed my heart is, of course, Mr. Sunshine from 2018, the 24 episode drama by the hitmaker writer Kim and Sook, whose uh, 2020 drama is The King, Eternal Monarch. Um, I've talked about this drama at absolute length on the podcast and very recently. Um, so all I can say is Dong Mei. Yu Yon Sook, wow, what can I say? I just love it too much. And also it broke my heart on such a deep level that I think I was like in a, a mad hangover for weeks. And also, I'm not going to lie, like I dipped into every Yu Yon Sook drama that exists to the point where I watched some shit things um, recently. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's crazy. I guess Yu Yon Sook... No, I was going to say he's the only one who, like, actor who appears on my second male lead syndrome list twice, but that's not true because Jisoo is also on there twice. Um, yeah, Dongmei's character or Yu Yon Sok's character in Mr. Sunshine is probably, is he not the ultimate second male lead? He had no fucking chance, no chance at winning the leading lady's affections, but he tried hard in his weird destructive way and he certainly won my affections and now I will love him forever and also follow Yu Yon Sok around Dramaland forever, even when he stars in terrible, terrible shows. I'll watch them anyway. <laughs> I don't know what's become of me. Um, I guess I'm just a Yuan Sook obsessive now. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm, I won't go into it except to say, if you haven't fucking watched this show, please go watch it. <laughs> um, I hope that you feel the same way as I do, but also I feel sorry for you. If you haven't seen Dong Mei's character and been heartbroken by him yet, oh, what an experience that is. All right, that's it from me on Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> So now we're on to the second female lead syndrome, which is much less of a thing, I feel, much less of a universal emotion that K-drama watchers kind of come across often. And I think it's because there are, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, please do, I'd be really interested, but I feel like there are a lot less K-dramas with um, a love triangle between two two women and one man. Um that seems to be a lot less typical. Most K-dramas seem to be the other way around. One female lead and, you know, main male lead and second male lead. And I think a lot of the older dramas, um, you know, the love square was a lot more popular. And that was when you would have the typical second female lead who was just fucking evil for the sake of being shallow and evil and would stop at nothing to get her man um, for no reason whatsoever. 
I feel like that's a much older trope and I think it doesn't happen so much now. So when I was thinking of, you know, female, second female leads that I've really loved or wished had kind of in a love triangle ended up with the male male, main lead, you know, I couldn't really think of many. Um, I'm not sure if I've forgotten any and if there's any on your mind, I would love to know. But I guess for me, um, it really comes back to two dramas, one I watched a long time ago and one I watched recently. So the first one I wanted to talk about and again, I've talked about these on the podcast before, so I'll keep it brief, um, is the, when did this, 2013 drama Goo Family book. Um, this is a fantasy sagok, I guess, like a historical, like a fusion sagok, I think they're called. Um, it's not the best show in the world, but I do have fond memories of it <laughs> um, because I feel like it gave me a lot of things rather than it was fantastic. It gave me plenty of things. It gave me um, Tae Jin Hyuk, who plays um, an evil Gumiho dad villain in this and has gone on to be one of my favorite actors. This was the first time I ever saw him. So, you know, that was a really cool thing. It also was some of my first brushes with a certain period of Korean history that I find fascinating, which is the Imjin War um, and Admiral Lee Sun-shin. Um, so just some really fascinating history stuff it was the first time I came across it. I don't think I was that interested in it when I watched the drama, but it did kind of push me to, to find out a little bit more. Um, and then the other thing that this drama... I should also say this drama also has Yu Yon Sook in it. Um, and this was probably the first time I ever saw Yu Yon Sook in any drama. Pretty sure I fucking hated his character in this. He was, I just didn't like it at all. But that's an interesting fact for you. So I guess this drama gave me Yu Yon Sook as well, although I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> um, but what this drama really did for me was get me hooked on the idea of a story with a Giseng as the main character who gets a love line and a happy ending, um, which was something that I hadn't seen before and haven't really seen very often or much in K-drama. And I guess the second female lead in this drama is played by the actress Lee Yu-bi, who I really like. Um, and she was not an evil second female lead. She was a very complex, interesting, fully fleshed out character that I adored, who has such a tragic journey in this story that realistically, out of everyone in the whole show, she was the thing that hooked me the most. And, you know, in saying that, she's not even that like in it that much. And she's certainly like a little side storyline. But, um, her whole thing like fucking killed me um, and inspired me to <laughs> write a lot of books, um, a historical fiction set in Joseon, Korea. Um, so definitely, hugely, she was probably the main reason that I wrote my book Promise Season was because of this character. So, I mean, it gave me a lot, this show. Um, so Lee Yubi's character is a young I don't think she's a noble from memory. It's been a while since I've seen it, but she's, um, you know, kind of a fancy hotel owner or innkeeper's daughter. Um, so she's not a peasant or anything. And basically her family get marked as traitors and she gets struck down and she has to become a Gisang. And she's not that fucking keen on it. Fair enough. But also she is out of options and there is no one to help her, including her useless brother, Yu Yon Suk, who allows her to become a Gisang and basically get raped, which is the most horrifying thing that ever happened. So my heart was crushed by this character and her plight in this story. Um, it destroyed me, actually, really weirdly, because it's not a huge part of the story at all. 
but the impact it had on me and my life has been pretty massive. Um, so definitely Liu Bi's character and her whole journey the it was so emotional for me and I did really love it at the same time as being infuriated by it um to such a massive degree um so yeah that's my that was probably my first ever instance of second female lead syndrome and that was Goo Family book uh the fantasy romance fusion saga uh 24 episodes from 2013. And finally, the very last drama on my list that I wanted to chat about today is Oh My Ghost, that bloody drama. <laughs> so this is a 2015 rom-com, uh, supernatural rom-com uh, that is 16 episodes. Um, I've talked about it. I've got a whole podcast episode on it um, that's fairly recent-ish, so I won't go into it. But I loved the second female lead in this, played by the actress Kim Sil-gi, who I also love. And I really, really desperately wanted her to end up with the main male lead. This is like a proper love triangle with one male lead, played by the actor, back actor Cho Jung-sok, Cho Jung-sok, sorry, um, and the main female lead, played by Park Bo-young. And I really wanted Kim Sogi to win and she did not. And on top of not winning, <laughs> her character had a very sad ending. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's the, the most recent one that I can think of um, that I had some major, major um, second female lead syndrome. Um, also, Kim Sogi is just super cool and her character although bonkers at the start, really mellows into a very lovable character. And I really wanted the best for her. And what she wanted was Cho Jung-sok, even though he was an arrogant chef man. And so I wanted that for her as well. She didn't get it. It was very, very sad. So that's it from me because I've already talked about it at length and complained at length <laughs> in my previous podcast episode. So I'll leave it there. Uh, so that's Oh My Ghost, the 16 episode supernatural rom-com that made me very, very angry.